0: Welcome to the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast, where we provide you with your weekly diagnosis of everything fantasy football, whether it's season-long leagues, dynasty, DFS, or sometimes even IDP. We got you covered all year long. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's get to it. Welcome into the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast, and of course, I'm your host, John June. And we got a solo pod today. Greg is on vacation for a wedding, so it'll be off-season vibes here for these next two episodes. So we're gonna slow the pace down a little bit. Uh, it's been it's been pretty busy here on the feed between divisional breakdowns, positional breakdowns. Did a mock draft. Uh, even threw out some tips for season long, uh, for for managers for season long leagues. So we uh we you know, also did the what could go right and what could go wrong which is always an interesting show to do because we see the other sides of the spectrum uh see what it could look like when you look at the range of outcomes for a player in terms of hey you know this if these particular set of circumstances happen like this could go right this is what could go right for this player or vice versa and is what could go wrong and so you know we try to be open minded so that's always a good exercise that we do here on the show to just you know, kind of keep us grounded so we're never getting too high, too low. But, you know, we have to discuss some of this news that's come down. So starting first with Travis Etienne suffered a Liz Frank injury in Monday's preseason game against the New Orleans Saints, and he's out for the 2021 season. So that's a major blow to obviously his fantasy value and, and for this year. But presumably. You know, what could have been a huge weapon in, in the Jacksonville Jags offense, which if you watched on Monday, looked like it could have used some help for sure. So, um, you know, definitely a discussion worth having, but we'll table that for another day. James Robinson, the hero from last year, was a top seven running back in PPR leagues vaults into my personal top 20 of running backs and you could even make the argument he deserves to be higher. I, you know, I just definitely believe that I don't think that he'll get as high as he was last year. When you, you see the, the competition that he's going to have for this, you know, for finishing that high this year with CMC and Saquon coming back from injury, a talented rookie entering the fold in Najee Harris, all these talented second year backs and Jonathan Taylor, Clyde Edwards, Alaire Deandre Swift, JK Dobbins, Antonio Gibson. You get my point. Uh, you know he'll be a workhorse, and I'm comfortable with him as my RB2. So in that top 20 range is where I'm looking at. You know probably ahead of, uh, definitely ahead of a Mike Davis for me. Staying with that same game, New Orleans Saints v- versus the Jacksonville Jags. Let's talk about the Saints side. Jameis Winston is he's got to be the QB1 for the Saints, especially after this performance he put out on the, you know, in, in the pre said so the second preseason game for the New Orleans Saints, um, overtaking the spot, which was held uh empty by Drew Brees. And so Jameis Winston, who's Greg's sleeper, comes in to potentially be the guy here. I mean, if you watch that game, you you read the reports coming out of New Orleans, it seems like he's pretty much locked that spot up. And so absolutely looking to Jameis as a potential uh, you know, QB two and superflex leagues. But like Greg mentioned earlier, a sleeper where is if I'm, you know, drafting this loaded team, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, I'm going to scoop up a, a Jameis Winston with my last pick potentially. Uh, maybe you could start on week one. Uh, you know, that game against the Green Bay Packers has a high total. So it's definitely within the range of outcomes that he could have a good game, especially if he's, you know, Alvin Kamara is going to be that main weapon. And let's talk about another guy that will be in that conversation. And that's Marquez Calloway. Uh, you know, this was a guy that flashed last year at times, actually back when Alvin Ryan came on to do the divisional breakdown, uh, covering the new Orleans saints, we talked about him being the number one guy after Michael Thomas, and that he would beat out Traquan Smith for that number two spot. And now obviously being elevated to the number one spot here, with Michael Thomas suffering the uh, the injury or having to have surgery on the ankle, so he's he's a, definitely looked like he accomplished that or he's on his way for sure. Looks phenomenal in the preseason game, and granted, it is preseason, but we have to you know we we have to react to the information that's that we're getting, and that's we have to be able to to, to sift through it and parse through it, right? And so when I watch him, you, you know, just looking first off, he made two ridiculous contested catches. Uh, both for touchdowns deep down the field. He looked explosive. He looked more refined as a route runner than he did last year. And so those things, making plays and just combined with what I saw last year, he was a guy that was already on my radar. I'm I'm all in on Marquez Calloway. And I'm saying all in by as all in as can be, but I, basically I'm buying what he's selling. I've moved him up inside my top 30 of wide receivers. I think he will be the number one option outside of Alvin Kamara. And speaking of that guy, Alvin Kamara, I am 100% back on board. I mean, I'm back. I can't help it. I'm moving Kamara up ahead of Saquon Barkley to my RB3, right behind of CMC and Dalvin Cook. I mean, you just watch the New Orleans Saints offense operating with Jameis Winston. It will be something similar to what we had with Drew Brees. Where you have a pocket passer, Alvin Kamara can be utilized in in a a multitude of ways as a runner, as a receiver, and so I think that that was always the the that was always the risk for me is what if Taysom wins the job, right? What if you, you you just trust you know Sean Payton just trust Taysom Hill? What if he wins that job and and we get some of what we got last year where you get some inconsistency, but I think this year especially with Michael Thomas being out, these targets being available to him, I think Alvin Kamara is back to the moon here. Uh, I'm not trying to to sound to be hyperbolic here. I'm like this is a guy that is very could very easily on any given year be the RB one, and so getting this opportunity with the, the pass game, the pass game plays are going to be there for him the opportunities in the past game are going to be there for him I think that that's just that's what you want in PPR leagues I mean half PPR maybe there's that conversation but I think I would you know with the risks that are there with Saquon Barkley I've got to take Alvin Kamara the talent the player the scheme higher than Saquon Barkley just just based on the risk that's associated with it but still still on board with Saquon Barkley y'all know that. rest assured we're okay but let's talk about the guy who's backing up Alvin Kamara at the running back position and for a long time we thought it was Latavius Murray you could almost cut and paste that from year to year but they went out they signed Devontae Freeman which you know I always say don't don't believe what coaches say believe what they do what believe what organizations do they went out they got another running back in Devontae Freeman tells you that they probably didn't really trust Latavius Murray this year. And if you've watched, Latavius Murray looked like he struggled a little bit during the preseason, as did Devontae Freeman. But someone who's impressed is running back Tony Jones. Um, You know, he's a second-year player. He's been given every opportunity to win this backup running back job, which we know has value, both standalone value, as well as enormous upside value. If something were to ever happen to Alvin Kamara, which, you know, knock on wood, never want that to happen. But we've seen that when these often when this offense goes through Kamara, like it really, it really, really drives through him where he's getting 20 to 25 touches a game that he has a tendency to break down near the end of the, near the end of the season or at some point during the middle of the season. So Tony Jones is probably just became one of the most valuable commodities in fantasy football right now. So go out if you if you have Alvin Kamara or if you're just looking you have an extra bench spot and you're just looking for somebody to stash Tony Jones would probably be the guy for me. Um, another stash, but this is more of a dynasty play. Wide receivers turned tight end Jawan Johnson. He's still listed as a wide receiver on some formats. He's got that dual wide receiver tight end flexibility on sleeper. To me, this guy. I mean, he was one of the top. Uh, receivers in my prospect model, uh, my wide receiver prospect model. And, you know, a lot of that had to do with his size and his, his athleticism. But if you really look at the place where he landed New Orleans, I mean, that's a sweet spot for him, potentially, obviously knowing Sean Payton and what he could potentially do with him. And, you know, obviously at the time they had Drew Brees, so it was an, an intriguing move, but then I had had him on a lot of dynasty leagues, so I had been paying attention and he had been moved to tight end and they had talked about that late last season. And this guy was playing in the preseason game with the ones, you know, it was almost exclusively on third down and passing situations. But he was a guy that was playing those snaps. He was getting those targets. And so from a dynasty perspective, I'm going to want him on my roster because you know he could potentially be gold one day especially we know how barren the tight end position is we've seen the success stories of a guy like Darren Waller converting from wide receiver to tight end um you know i think Jawan Johnson from a from a body type a body type and and athleticism standpoint he fits that profile to a T so let's change gears a little bit here so we have some news related to running backs and Daryl Henderson suffered a thumb injury, expected to be OK for week one. Uh, the Rams do end up ensuring their running back position by adding former New England Patriots first round pick Sonny Michelle via trade of some late round picks. And so we always felt as if I mean, I've, I've, I remember saying it on, the, on this show when we're talking about the NFC West that Daryl Henderson had hasn't had many games where he's he's led the, or he's had twenty plus carries and after he did he he tended to break down so you always had this inkling that the Rams would address the running back position or it would never truly be just Daryl Henderson's job so they add Sony Michelle here uh, I think that you know this doesn't knock Daryl Henderson down a ton uh, probably knocks him down to into the RB thirty range but Sonny Michelle is a guy that he actually looked decent during his time in New England throughout training or throughout, um, throughout the preseason. Most recently, I'm, I'm speaking of. So he seems to be healthy. He seems to to have a little bit of juice to him. So the Rams running back situation is probably one I'm staying clear of, not one I really uh, want to try to invest in and try to figure out on a week-to-week basis. I mean, I, obviously – there's always a price on a player. Uh sony Michelle, if you have your drafts, he's he's out there sitting on waivers. So you you know, there's no harm in adding him and seeing what it potentially what potentially becomes of it, especially week one against the Bears. You see what happens. You see what the utilization's like. If you don't like it, you can you can cut him loose. Um but let's go to sony Michelle's former team and talk about the New England Patriots there. But before we talk about the running backs, let's get into the quarterbacks a little bit. And so Cam Newton, the New England Patriots, uh you know, the New England Patriots, Cam Newton and the New England Patriots basically had a miscommunication on COVID protocols for players that are traveling away from the team or or the area which with with which the team resides. And so because of this, Cam can't be with the team for five days as he has to, you know, quarantine for as per these NFL protocols. And so what this ends up doing is opening up a window here for Mac Jones to come in and potentially take this starting job and so obviously if you listen to me in the offseason talking dynasty you understand that I am I, I'm a believer in Mac Jones i you know I'm on record as saying I think all five of these quarterbacks will be very good quarterbacks in the NFL will make it to their second contract and so Mac Jones to me like I had said in the offseason I think one of the perfect fits was this New England Patriots team this New England Patriots organization uh because he kind of fit what they're looking for in a pocket passer, I mean, they tried to do the thing with Cam last year. It didn't really work out all that much, but I think Mac Jones really f- reminds I'm not saying he's Tom Brady, but when you look at how the the stylist the the style with which they play, he's closer to Tom Brady than he is cam Newton. and so you know i I think that he's it's gonna be rough for him as a rookie especially without the rushing upside. So I'm not really interested in Mac Jones, but let's talk about what it potentially does for the other players on this team, right? Like I think Jacoby Myers is that much more interesting because this is going to be like a real offense that actually throws the football. uh, And when they do throw it, they're quality targets. And so I think Jacoby Myers is, is a player that has always intrigued. He intrigued me last year with Cam Newton. And I think with here, with with Mac Jones potentially being the starter, not gonna put everything anything in stone yet. You know it's Belichick. You you can never be too sure, but seems like there it's leaning that way according to beat reporters in New England, especially with the performance that Mac Jones has had as of late. So I think it's also good for a player like Nelson Aguilar who can take advantage of some of these deep targets, and I also think. Is good for the running game, right? Damien Harris, um, you know, I, I've said this, I'm on record as saying this, that I think that these running backs can actually breathe because Cam Newton is not going to take away some of these rushing touchdown opportunities. He's not going to take. I mean, there's still a possibility. I have a conspiracy theory that the Patriots could do some red zone quarterback situation. I mean, it's, it's Bill Belichick. Nothing is out of the clear yet until we see it, but. I think that these rushing touchdowns are going to be available to Damian Harris now, and these these big time opportunities. But I also think that Ramondre Stevenson, who has looked really good in the preseason, gets the biggest bump here with the Sony Michelle news. And it's not out of the realm of possibility that whether by performance or injury, that he could be the Patriots starting running back at some point this season, or for Dynasty some point next season. So. Just be on the lookout for that. Again, if you have an extra roster spot right now, just Ramondre Street Stevenson is not a bad person to add. He's not a bad player to add. So I would definitely look into that. But let's get out of New England. Let's go take a look at another quarterback situation that seems to have been decided. And that's Teddy Bridgewater. Gets the nod over Drew Locke. What it means for the, the Denver Broncos, I I you know, I'm on record as of saying I don't think that there's a vastly big difference between the, these two players and what they do for the Broncos. I think ultimately it's a wash. It's probably, you know, with Drew Locke, you're probably going to be subjected to higher variance. Right. You might have these, you know, really ex- uh, explosive touchdown plays, but you might also have these really boneheaded interceptions or turnovers. And so I think you are just constantly riding this roller coaster with Drew Locke, whereas with Teddy Bridgewater, it's just going to be a steady ride and you know what you're going to get. And so I think with this team, the way it's set up, it's going to have a strong running game. It's got good weapons. I think Teddy Bridgewater can kind of manage this situation. Warren Sharp, who obviously if you listen to this show, you know that I'm a huge proponent of his work and I've, I obviously use Sharp football stats for a ton of my research here, and so for, for in-season stuff. And so one of the things that he said was that Teddy Bridgewater went from the hardest pass defense schedule last year to the easiest this year with the Denver Broncos. And so there's that going for them. And so I think between Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, um, Noah Fant, who seems to be dealing with an injury right now, so something to monitor there, put out Al, Albert O., on your radar, but I think it's definitely something to to be mindful of when you are in your drafts or you know, Teddy Bridgewater is the starting quarterback and maybe you know you can expect some some better play week to week from these from these weapons and and that's probably what it is and you're maybe not going to get the upside, the high upside on a week to week basis. But I think it's it's probably better for this offense as a whole, maybe, you know, converting first downs more often, which puts Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon in more opportunities to score. So something to think about that way. Um, stand on the quarterback position, Dak Prescott, he's returned to practice. Obviously, he's been dealing with that tendonitis, and I think it was his elbow or his arm. But either way, he's returned to practice, um, seems to be close to hundred percent. So no concern there. There was never really a concern. So keep drafting Dak Prescott as a top five or six quarterback. And that there ends the news. And so we enter football season, right? And because we have to react to this news where we spent so much time in prognostication mode where we're guessing we like this this team drafted this player for that reason, or they signed this player for this reason, or like this is what they're going to do. And so we have some idea of what's happening based on what's going on in preseason reports out of camp, depth charts, all these different, all these different pieces of information, injuries, all these things we have to react to. Which means football season is upon us. So make sure you come thrive up with, uh, come prop up with thrive fantasy. And with thrive, you eliminate all the countless hours of research and focus only on the top tier athletes who have the biggest impact on the game. Choose 10 out of the 20 available player props to build your lineup, and each prop is assigned a a fantasy value for both the over and the under based on how likely it is to hit. Thrive has over $140,000 in guaranteed prizes for NFL Week 1 and has awarded over $4 million. Thrive's featured $100,000 guaranteed contest is $20 to enter and first place takes home 20k and if you go deposit that 20 dollars and you use promo code ffdx they will and sign up today you will receive a hundred dollar first or instant first deposit match of up to a hundred dollars so again this contest only 20 bucks you enter it for 20 bucks you get another free 20 bucks sounds like a deal to me so make sure you download the thrive fantasy app on the app store or the google play store as well Or by visiting www.thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop today. Make sure you you use promo code FFDX. So, now that we've paid the bills, players that I'm heating up on. Let's do a fantasy heat check. And so, players I'm heating up on, players I'm cooling down on. But before we do that, just want to remind all the lovely people that are listening or watching. Just make sure you subscribe to the show. Right? Helps us out a ton. But also... Keeps you on in the loop when we're going to get it, when a new episode comes out, when new shows come out and whether you're watching on YouTube or you're listening on podcasts, just make sure you subscribe and also leave us some comments in the, uh, some reviews in the comments, you know, rate the review, like the show, whatever you want to do. But, uh, you know, we just want to hear from the fans and hear from the hashtag DX tribe on, on y'all are y'all, what y'all are thinking. Are y'all excited for this fantasy season? How are we doing? you know, just all of it. So let's jump into this fantasy heat check, though. Players I'm heating up on. And so before I say this, you guys, obviously, you know, you see the Jets paraphernalia in the back of uh, behind me, right? I got the Curtis Martin hanging up in the back over there to my left. But I try to keep the bias off the show. I think I do a pretty decent job at it. Corey Davis and I'm going to throw in an odd roll mention for Zach Wilson, two players that I'm heating up on. And Corey Davis, I was constantly scooping him up um, as a wide receiver, four or five. Uh, I think we, we, we had done a mock draft, and I had talked about scooping up Corey Davis and Elijah Moore. But I have said this you know, many times. I started out believing Denzel Mims would lead the team in targets. Obviously, that was a long time ago. But you look at Corey Davis, the year he had last year, he was really good averaging over 15 yards a catch had almost a thousand yard season you know I think we had talked about Corey Davis last week or doing the wide receiver breakdown show but he's a guy that is going to lead this team in targets we've seen through two preseason games he is no question Zach Wilson's number one target number one receiver he's the first read they have a ton of chemistry together and they've just been working at it so Corey Davis He's a guy that while I was already relatively high on, I think we have to adjust the price because he's he was going in a range where he was going with guys that are the number two or number three, even wide receivers on their team, where he should be going with the guys that are the number one wide receiver or the number two wide receiver a really pass heavy offense. So I've gone ahead. And I've moved him up into my top 20, my top 26 or my top 28. So he's just on my top 30. Uh, Whereas before he was just outside uh, my top, he was my wide receiver 39 before that. So he's moved up a decent amount here and that's just to make sure that we're getting him on our rosters. Right. So Corey Davis, he's going to be a a target hog. You know, this is something that I've genuinely thought about. I mean, what's going to be the difference between a guy like, you know, Corey Davis and a guy like Allen Robinson, right? Like if Corey Davis gets the target volume, that a guy like Allen Robinson gets, it's not out of the realm of possibility that he could put up a sim- or have a similar production in a PPR league. And maybe he's a discounted Allen Robinson, right? I mean, don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that, hey, go out and trade Corey Davis for Allen Robinson on all your leagues or Allen Robinson for Corey Davis. But what I'm trying to say is just think about, don't think about the player or as much as the, the, the situation that he might be in, just look at what, the peripherals might look like and the target volume is definitely something that's going to be there for Corey Davis. And if you look at the quarterback situation, that's also something that would be there for Corey Davis as well. Zach Wilson looks every bit the part of an NFL quarterback. And it seems like so far the Jets have made the right decision here with this pick. I mean, I like I said, I don't think there was a wrong decision to make. I think all these guys was pretty good. I mean Mac, Mac Jones at two would have been probably the wrong decision. And maybe I'll, maybe I'll have to eat crow for that one one day. But I think that Zach Wilson looks every bit the part of the number two overall pick has not batted an eye. He has not flinched, has not had a deer in headlights moment, hasn't even had an interception or a a ball that makes you think like, oh, that should be an interception or he got lucky that 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 wasn't an interception. So I think he looks every bit the part and that gives me confidence that Corey Davis Is somebody that I want on my fantasy teams, as is Zach Wilson. He's definitely in super flex league. Somebody that I think you should be looking to, and somebody that I think will be, you know, I've said this before, that will have streamable weeks at some point during the season. Now, another player that I'm heating up on. I don't know if this really counts, but I feel like because of the Elijah Moore ends up with the Jets, I don't talk about this guy as much. Rondell Moore, man, you guys, if you live, been listening to this show all preseason, you know that that has been my guy. He was my number two wide receiver pre-draft. I ended up dropping him down after the draft because of the draft capital and some of these where these other guys went. But I still have this affinity, this love for Rondell Moore, and you look at what he's doing in this Arizona Cardinals offense – and like I said on draft day, this is a perfect fit for him in terms of the team that he's going to. I think that he's going to play that slot receiver role very well. He, we've already seen him as a dual threat weapon, both used on, on in the screen game, deep down the field, on jet sweeps, on reverses. Like Rondell Moore is going to be all over the field. And so in PPR leagues, he makes the perfect high upside type of flex play on a week to week basis. I and just, you know, the upside is is even there just because he's playing with Kyler Murray. Um, you know, the potential that AJ Green, he's up there. He's we've seen him suffer from injuries before. So, you know, he could easily, there's a path to him becoming the number two receiver on this team, even without the injuries. But I believe that Rondell Moore is that good. And so he's a guy that I've been picking up on my fantasy teams because When I'm honestly, especially in these PPR leagues, Rondell Moore is almost as valuable. if He's more valuable than some of these running backs that you're taking at that point, right? Like Rondell Moore versus Gus Edwards. Obviously, we know what Gus Edwards is going to do. But in PPR league, Gus Edwards is going to get you five to seven points, right? Whereas like Rondell Moore could very easily exceed that. And then the opportunities that he's going to have to be a weapon deep down the field Playing an explosive offense with Kyler Murray, like I'd much rather have Rondell Moore in my flex. So Rondell Moore is a guy I'm going to continue to scoop up. I've got him inside my top 40 wide receivers. I'm just going to continue to grab him there. Uh, another guy that I'm heating up on, Miko Hardman. You know, we talked about him um, in the. I know I definitely talked about him in the Chiefs which when you know when talking about when breaking down the Chiefs with my guy Mike Hicks. And doing the AFC West breakdown, um, and I said that I would take Henry Ruggs over him, and I think I'm still I think I'm still on that. But Miko Hardman is somebody that is definitely creeping up on my radar. I've been in some some leagues some, with some pretty sharp people, and they've drafted him pretty high. And th- you know, this all comes with the news that has come out that recently that Miko Hardman has com- basically been a complete different guy, right? He's much better as a receiver he's less of just a gadget player return guy he's actually playing like a receiver and there was a game against the the preseason game against the arizona cardinals where miko hardman saw five targets from patrick Mahomes, and you know it's and these were like quality targets some of them were i think one of them was an end zone target but you know these are targets that matter and patrick Mahomes is very could very easily be a guy that is like Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, get the ball to the running back. But he seems to be building a trust and a rapport with Miko Hardman. And sometimes it takes these guys a little bit longer, right? Mikko receiver third-year wide receiver, third year wide receiver in, uh, in the NFL. We often, you know, I think we're a little bit spoiled because we see guys like Justin Jefferson or even Odell Beckham or, you know, or even C.D. Lamb last year. Come into the NFL and have success right away, and so we expect that, and that that's all, and that completely tramps or trumps the what we had previously been the you know the thought process that we had previously had, which was wide receivers take two to three years to break out, and so Miko Hardman here, he is that three year breakout potentially, and he's attached to an all world quarterback in Patrick Mahomes, and you guys know you all out out there listening, watching know how I feel about Patrick Mahomes in the season that he might have. And you all know how Greg feels, obviously, about Patrick Mahomes and the season that he could have this year. So I think Miko Hardman makes a ton of sense if you are picking at the end of your drafts. Again, looking for that flex spot, looking for somebody to put on your bench. Miko Hardman makes a ton of sense. Uh, Another guy I'm going to throw out there, maybe in deeper leagues, we might have some player fatigue, some name fatigue when it comes to this player. But Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Obviously, I know you, you you probably just got an upset stomach or something like that, but he's been having a pretty good camp from all reports. He's been the number 2 receiver it seems opposite DeVonte Adams with Randall Cobb in the slot and the, the Packers have played two preseason games. They have not played their starters. MVS has not played. And so you and if you want you want to go down narrative street contract here. So you put all this together, the reports coming out of camp, the contract, the fact that you've got a player who's potentially motivated because the problem is not that Marquez Valdez-Scantling can't play. The problem has been that Marquez Valdez-Scantling suffers from focus issues, drops, right? So if he's motivated to fix some of those things and he plays again, going to that same thing where plays with a talented quarterback in Aaron Rodgers, plays opposite a weapon in Devontae Adams, which, you know, keeps defensive coordinators up at night. Oh, Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, Aaron Rodgers, like MVS is going to have opportunities here, and he doesn't need a whole lot of them to bring back fantasy production. So I think he's going to be a guy that we're going to use at some points during the year as a weekly flex option, as that nitro button uh, to get some, some high upside, high octane offense in our lineups. And so, He's a guy that I'm heating up on. Um, but let's move on to the players I'm cooling down on. And really, I've only got two guys here. This one hurts, but it doesn't because it's the truth. And it's Michael Carter. Um, you know, I think just two weeks ago we did this, the running back positional breakdowns, or a week ago did the running back positional breakdowns, and Michael Carter was a sleeper for me. Uh, and when I look at it, look at the situation, you know, I still – believe in Michael Carter, still believe in the talent. But if you just look at how the Jets are using him and some of the reports out of camp is that he's third on this depth chart behind Ty Johnson, behind Tevin Coleman. Now, he's a guy that I still want on my rosters. I just don't want him on my roster right now because of the price that it costs to get him. He's going off the board in the top 36 running backs. I don't think he'll start out the season as a top 36 running back. He's honestly a guy that people would People might draft early, get a little bit frustrated and, you know, they're going to need some spots. The Jets have a week six bye. he could very well end up getting dropped at that point or he could be a buy low candidate and, you know, we, he reemerges as this value or this buy candidate later in the season. And so Michael Carter is a guy I'm cooling down on. If you are looking for a Jets running back, it is Ty Johnson have been, you have to be scooping up Ty Johnson and he doesn't cost you anything. I've been scooping up Ty Johnson in like the 14th, 15th round of drafts. It's very, um, you know, his cost might go up a little bit because people might be a little bit on to the fact that, hey, this seems to be Ty Johnson's, you know, he's going to get that opportunity out the gate. But if you have an opportunity to scoop up Ty Johnson late in drafts, you can make sure you make that move. Uh, Another player that I'm Cooling down on this is actually the last player that we'll discuss this evening. But Jamar Chase, you know, the talented rookie, um, he's been struggling in camp. There have been some reports about poor, you know, lack of separation, and then he's had some drops. uh, Didn't have a, you know, I watched him in a preseason game and he, you know, suffered from some drops there as well. Uh, There, you know, so there's just some. I'm not out on Jamar Chase. I'm just cooling my jets on Jamar Chase. Whereas I thought that he could, you know, come in and be this like top 25 wide receiver right away. I think we're gonna, you know, pump the brakes on that, lower the expectations there, let him get drafted as that top 25 wide receiver. And again, like Michael Carter, let him get dropped a little bit later on. But I'm gonna be in wait and see mode with Jamar Chase. And I'm, you know, he's a, he's kind of like a stash guy for me. But um, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, that is all we have for this episode. Try to keep it short and sweet. Told you we had off season vibes. For catch us on Saturday for the next episode, and make sure, like I said, you subscribe so you get all those notifications and you know exactly when it drops. So everybody, we appreciate y'all. Uh, appreciate y'all for listening. Make sure you follow the show at FF Diagnostics. Make sure you follow me at Nerd. And again, appreciate y'all. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And we will talk to y'all later. Peace.